Nothing like a set of back-to-back games over the weekend to potentially come away with a couple of points, especially against a Central Division rival in the Minnesota Wild. How will the Jets line up? Who's in and who's out? We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening Jets fans and happy Friday. Welcome to this edition of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Uh, Terms and conditions do apply. Be sure to see Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, I guess at the top of the episode, the Jets are going to be facing the Minnesota Wild. It should be a, a pretty interesting game for the Jets. Obviously, we haven't seen Minnesota in a little bit, um, especially not since Dean Evison was fired. So this is going to be a bit of a new look team. Um, Minnesota is not exactly a, a powerhouse this year, but looking at their lineup, right, this is still a reasonably decent team. Maybe one that's been let down a bit by goaltending and some unusual defensive issues. But Uh, The first line, of course, is where all the danger is generally uh, concentrated. You've got Kaprizov, Yol, Erickson, Ek, and Boldy all together. Erickson, Ek, I think, is probably one of the more underappreciated centers out there. Is he like an elite first liner? Not necessarily, but he's been doing a pretty good job anchoring this top six for the Wild, right? Uh, Minnesota's center depth this year is, well, uh, to put it lightly, it's not great. You know, you, you look further down the roster and you realize that uh, the, the skill down the middle is is lacking a bit, if we're being honest. But that's where you have some really nice wing depth to kind of come in and at least paper over that. Caprizal, we all know, is one of the top scorers in the NHL. He's super skilled. And certainly when it comes to uh, Minnesota's uh, best forwards, right, this guy does it all, whether it's at even strength or on the power play, his release and skating are both elite. So uh, obviously, you want to shut that down. <clears throat> you also want to avoid giving Boldy uh, a lot of space to work with. Matt is very good down low and very good in tight angles. He can pull off some great scoring uh, chances and not a player that you want to give rebounds to. So Winnipeg will just want to really be careful with this line. This is a unit that could potentially hurt the Jets a good deal if Winnipeg maybe gets a little bit sloppy. The second line, you start to see where the lack of of elite scoring depth has kind of been a little bit of an issue for the Wild. Um, Right now, you've got Johansson, Rossi, and Hartman all together, which, you know, obviously uh, Rossi is really considered one of the big future pieces of this Wild team. And at present, he's been fitting in pretty nicely in their middle six uh, as, you know, a second line center right now. But, you know, I'm sure down the road, if they do buy a player or two, They'd probably prefer to have Rossi a little bit further down the lineup, but so far, you know, he's been pretty decent, uh, very exciting young player and somebody that, you know, had Cole Perfetti not gone to the Jets, uh, you know, and had Rossi not been taken right before, 
maybe Rossi would be wearing a Winnipeg shirt instead. Johansson and Hartman are both experienced journeymen. Uh, <clears throat> not exactly a lot of, of finishing talent there, but as long as they can kind of keep up with Rossi, I think that is probably the most important thing. Third line, you've got Felino, Goudreau, and Maroon, and on the fourth, Duhame, Dewar, and Letary. Obviously, this is like a very forechecking heavy bottom six. Uh, the third line is a big rig kind of unit, <laughs> and I don't just say that because they have the big rig on that line, but also there's just a lot of physicality, right? Felino and Maroon are both very um, powerful, grindy sorts of players with some underrated skill. Uh, Maroon in particular used to have a pretty nice finishing touch. Felino has always had really strong defensive impacts. So this is actually a pretty good third line. Freddie Goudreau down the middle offers a little bit of scoring punch, not a ton, but enough to be a, a little bit interesting. The fourth line, again, is going to not get a ton of time, but you have some, you know, forechecking ability. Duhame, I think from what I recall, has been having a pretty decent season. I hear his name a lot as, you know, a bit of a fan favorite for the Wild. So, hey, congrats to them. Speaking of fan favorites, on the defense, you've got Middleton and Faber. And obviously Brock has been, uh, for the Wild, an absolute anchor. And some people have even said that he deserves perhaps Calder mentions, which I think is correct. It's just that, you know, Let's be real. Connor Bedard is playing with like um, Philip Kurashev and Nick Felino, and he's almost a point per game. So let's not get it twisted in terms of value to their teams right now. And really the best young rookie, it's Bedard. But that's not really a knock on Faber. Faber has been absolutely outstanding as Minnesota's top defender. He has been a an absolute rock since the departure of Spurgeon uh, due to some injury, I believe. And so obviously this is a really important, important young player. Uh, one of the bigger pieces that they acquired in a deal with LA. And so far, Faber has looked very bit the part of a top pairing defender. On the second pairing, you start to see uh, a few cracks showing. You've got Goligoski and Bogosian as your second pairing. These guys have definitely been around the block, and let's be real, right? Defensively, probably not the most secure pairing. The same can also be said for Merrill and Mermis. I think at this point, you know, this this wild team, yeah, the, the blue line used to be a big strength for them, used to be one of the things that they really relied upon, but without Brodeen and Spurgeon, things have looked not, not fantastic, and, you know, there's not a lot that you can do when you lose two of your um, first and second pairing blue liners, but... All the same, the replacements, perhaps not what they were hoping for. Gustafson and Flurry will anger in that. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be starting this game. Probably Flurry, but uh, we will find out, I'm sure. You know, if it's Flurry, of course, we all have scary memories of the uh, Vegas series, although that version of Flurry hasn't really shown up recently, so I wouldn't worry too, too much. In my mind, though, um, I think between the two games, right, and assuming that the Jets. Um, don't really make any line changes, and the Wild don't really change much either. This could be three out of four points for Winnipeg, but I think it will be tough. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets just outright lose one of their games. Maybe they'll surprise us, but, you know, the Jets lineups are looking pretty good. I mean, they've got plenty of skill to work with. Um, Tananato is again going to be starting after Gustafson appears to have something going on. I don't know if he's sick or, or injured, but he's missing a couple more games. He's not going to play this weekend. So uh, in the meantime, our, our, our resident and favorite tomato man remains in the Jets lineup. Now, the Jets have made another change to the power play. We'll talk about that and if it's really going to make an adjustment or, or a big change for Winnipeg's performance in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at AG1. 
Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 literally every day, and I gave it a try because I was looking for a boost to my immune system, something to get me going and, you know, a nice kickstart to the day, something that will also help my mental acuity, keep me sharp and ready for whatever it is that I'm going to be facing. I drink AG1 usually in the mornings before I hit the office, and it makes me feel ready for the day. I feel prepared, and you know what's great? It's, you know, a huge and easy replacement for all these multivitamins, probiotics, and all this other stuff that you might be taking. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day stirred together, and it's really affordable, right? It's less than $3 a day. It delivers 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients, and of course, it's just very convenient. Uh, AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. It's convenient, and again, it's just a very easy daily micro habit really comp you know uncomplicated very simple straightforward and it helps reduce all of the need for the pills that a lot of you probably do take if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com nhl network that's drinkag1.com nhl network check it out today Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking a little bit ahead of uh, Winnipeg's game versus the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, the Jets have um, a couple of interesting little things going on. Winnipeg is down David Gustafson, which is not ideal. They are also kind of working in some, some players from injury who are slowly starting to get back into shape. We'll talk about uh, that in a little bit, you know, some some injury updates. But before we get ahead of ourselves and talk about some power play changes that have shown up, I don't want to shout out our, our really cool thing that the Locked On Network is doing. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top store, uh, sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, getting back to the Jets, uh, per John Liu, who has been very helpful in, in providing some great lines and stuff and giving us updates from the Jets front office. Well, we do have some changes on the power play. Um, and look, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not really feeling some of these changes just because for me, I, I think they get away from what remains the biggest problem, right? Let's start off with the first unit, though. Uh, as like the bumper or like goal line threat, you've got uh, Velarde, and then it's Shifley, Ayafalo, and Ehlers with, you know, left side, left half wall, center slot, and right half wall, and then Josh Morrissey uh, naturally at the point. And you'll notice I have followed down the middle here. It just for me, again, it, it, it's not the problem with this unit. I really feel like I have follow is not the person that should be manning this area. I, I think the Jets know that the slot offense has not been great on the power play. It's not been great in general, but especially with the man advantage. And that's why I, I don't really understand what's going on with the whole Shifley thing, right? I don't know if Mark is not really interested in playing that area, maybe because you have to really kind of fight for space there. Uh, honestly, I'd even put Velarde there before I put Ayafalo in that role. Maybe Alex is going to really show me up and um, be a great one-time option, but I feel like with the kind of skills that you need and the sort of abilities that we've already seen from a lot of these guys, 
Shifley just makes the most natural sense. Velarde could maybe do it because he's, you know, got that great hand-eye coordination, and he tips pucks pretty regularly, sometimes like three to four in the same game. Uh, if there's somebody who loves himself a good deflection, it is Gabriel Velarde. But again, on the power play, I really don't understand why Shifley is not your lead number one uh, attacker in the slot. When it comes to guys who punish the puck almost from like a standstill, there's really no one else on this team other than like Kyle Connor, who has the kind of finishing talent that Shifley does. Mark is one of our best shooters, and it's pretty crazy for me that he's not back in that area where he was very unstoppable a few years ago. When the Jets had him in that slot area on the power play, you know, in the 17-18 season, that unit literally could not be stopped. So why not go back to it? Very unusual that we're not seeing it yet, but maybe it changes at some point. I don't know. It's just something that's kind of bugged me for a while. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see why that remains, you know, a, a bit of a sticking point. Second unit is Nemesnikov, Pionk, Nita Ryder, Perfetti, and Schmidt. Uh, I read that from goal line, you know, left to right. And then, of course, the point. And for me, like, this unit is fine. I think the way that they attack is actually how the Jets' power play should be in general. Uh, this unit tends to be very direct. Um, I will say that having, like, two uh, defenders on this unit is kind of interesting. I don't love it. I don't think you need to have 2D on the power play, but I guess... I mean, it could be worse, right? Pionk, you know, the thing with him that I've noticed is when it comes to, like, power play shooting, I don't know if him being along the half wall is necessarily the best use. I feel like maybe they should find another forward who could potentially play on that left side. Maybe there's just no better option that they feel they're comfortable with. Not really sure. Uh, I'm not asking for, like, Appleton or, or Lowry or something here, but I do feel like there could be maybe another substitution. I wouldn't mind seeing Baron actually get some power play time. You know, I know Morgan doesn't exactly have, like, crazy, crazy levels of offense to his game, but I feel like, you know, from what we've seen from him over the past few months, it wouldn't be the worst, right? You know, in, in terms of maybe a guy who could be a strong physical presence down low and kind of mesh well with Niederreiter and Perfetti might not be the worst idea to give him a shot. He's already finished, what, like eight or nine goals this season. Um, I, I feel like that could be, you know, a potential nice little secondary scoring boost because it's not like the second unit really plays a lot anyways. And Baron himself doesn't get like loads of ice time. So, you know, if the Jets want to experiment and maybe see if he could be a more direct attacking air, you know, presence that can kind of drive towards the slot, from the half wall, I really wouldn't mind it. But, you know, whether Winnipeg really is interested in that, that's pretty debatable. My guess is probably not, uh, especially based on, on what we've seen. Overall, I just, I'm, I'm very confused by the Jets' power play because it continues to really struggle. And it's one of those things that we've talked about on numerous episodes. And even though the Jets are very clearly trying to make changes and tweaks, nothing really seems to work. So I don't know what philosophically is wrong with this unit. If they just are, are being given the wrong instructions, maybe they have the wrong mindset as to how they're approaching this. Uh, you see so many other basic things from other units that the Jets don't do, and those units are like 10 times more successful. So I don't know what to do with it. Uh, it is what it is. It's just one of those power play units that continues to really struggle. And until Kyle Connor comes back, this team is going to have to make do, and hopefully they can find a little bit more finishing talent. But it is what it is. Uh, let me know what you would change on the power play if you have any suggestions at all. I'm about out of ideas that I think the Jets would actually try. So give me your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias. 
at HL Living Loco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Now, like I said, uh, our last topic, I thought I would just give you some brief updates about some Jets injuries because we do have some reasonably decent news about a couple of guys who might be coming back. And once they come back, suddenly you run into some very interesting roster questions. We'll talk about what to do with that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. Regardless of where we are in the standings, obviously the Jets have risen to a pretty good uh, you know, point in the NHL season. The Jets are in the top three of the Central. They're one of the better teams in the NHL. Things are feeling good, but of course we've had some issues. But despite all that, I just want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Now, you might be asking yourself, what do I have to do to win 100 times my bet? Well, if you're a stats nerd or just a hockey nerd in general and you love following hockey, whether it's the top stars like McKinnon, Shifley, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, you name it, they've got all these stats categories tracked for all of these players, and all you have to do is predict whether they're going to record more or less than sleepers' projections per game, and if you do that with eight different stats categories, whether it's goals, saves, assists, and so much more, you could win 100 times your bet. Again, correctly predict the outcome of eight stats categories, and you could win 100 times your bet. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code locked on any show and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that is promo code locked on NHO. Sleeve slippers, see sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyday or thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are just closing out with a couple of quick injury updates. And honestly, this is where I think we start to have uh, some interesting conversations about who deserves to stay and who should potentially sit. Now, for the Jets, right, Winnipeg is going to be getting uh, one of Vili Heinola and Rasmus Kupari back sometime in the next week or two. Uh, it sounds like so far Kupari is the one who's more close to returning, which makes a lot of sense. His injury was like a four to six week time range, and Heinola was kind of like we're talking New Year almost, right? Um, Billy seems like he's probably two weeks away based on the language that John Lou used. He said he's a little farther out in his return, um, which given that Kupari is potentially coming up during the uh, California trip, you know, that that does make sense that Kupari is going to be pretty close at hand and will probably shed his no contact practice jersey pretty soon. Uh, in terms of who he would, would replace, right? Obviously, I think the the clear answer is um, Toninato. Where I think you start to run into a question, right, is what do you do with Axel Janssen Fialbi? Now, for me, I think the answer is actually pretty straightforward. I think Toninato should get returned to the Moose, and Janssen Fialbi should be like the 13th forward. I think Gustafsson has been generally pretty good. And look, he doesn't have the elite, like, straight-ahead speed that Janssen Fialbi does. AJF is one of the fastest skaters on this team, but I think in terms of defensive impact, forechecking ability, and transition game, 
you know, Gustafson is just better all around at that sort of stuff. And that's not really to say that AJF can't do this, but I just feel like, you know, our, our resident flow master is probably better served as kind of like an extra forward rather than the guy that you really want to lean on, on your first fourth line. And that's not to say that he's been bad. He really hasn't. He's actually been pretty effective in the limited minutes that he's getting. I just feel like, you know, if you want to get more out of that fourth line and go back to a pretty bruising, powerful, very skilled unit, you know, running Baron, Kupari, and um, Gustafson back out there should be, for me, the best approach. And Kupari's natural speed is going to take over anyways. He's very fast. He's very good with his uh, skating and can certainly get into some dangerous scoring areas. If he works on his decision-making, I think that there's a more interesting player there. But so far, you know, I can kind of see why the Kings were maybe a little more lukewarm on him. Um, I will say, though, that he is fun to watch, uh, you know, well, provided he's not doing some of the silly decisions that he occasionally makes. But otherwise, you know, he's a cool player. I think he's been a nice role guy for the Jets, and I think it makes a lot of sense to bring him back in on that fourth line. Now, Heinola necessitates a bigger, you know, discussion because uh, suddenly you realize that you're going to have to bench one of Winnipeg's starting defenders in, like, Nate Schmidt or um, a player of that caliber. And I think, for me, Schmidt is the guy who's got to sit. Um, that's not really to say that Nate's been bad this year, but in terms of, like, mobility, you've really noticed that he's lost a step. Uh, his skating and edge work has definitely slowed down. He doesn't have the top gear that he used to. And Heinola just has a more creative offensive motor that Winnipeg's blue line really could use. I think some of the jet slot offense could actually benefit from having Heinola back in because he's so good at kind of, you know, using uh, the perimeter and then kind of driving in towards that slot space to either find a teammate for a good tap in or to potentially take a shot himself. Heinola was very assertive and very confident during preseason and camp. So I feel like there's no reason why, um, he shouldn't draw back into the lineup and immediately be, in, be given a pretty solid role uh, so long as he's healthy enough to do so, right? If he's not, you know, 100% recovered, don't rush it. He is um, one of our big, I would say, trump cards, maybe a bit of an ace up Winnipeg sleeve. The Jets defense as it is has been decent enough without him. So, you know, if Winnipeg can get him back and increase that back in mobility in a few weeks, I think we're looking pretty good, especially with Heinola potentially being, you know, another power play presence who can uh, speed up the puck movement and really help the Jets, you know, make make more of their man advantage. I mean, the Jets power play just doesn't really take enough of its chances. And I think we've seen that cost them like four to five games this year that frankly could have been decided by a couple of power play goals, maybe even just one in some scenarios. But it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about it. Let me know if you're excited to get back reinforcements. Are you still hoping for a Jets trade here pretty soon? And what are you asking for? Is it a second line center, a top pairing D, all of the above, or something entirely different? Drop your comments below at my social medias uh, or in the comment section below. Be sure to uh, subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And we will see you here this weekend to give you a brief update on how the Jets are doing against the Wild. But for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here this weekend, so don't go anywhere. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go.